Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hello guys, welcome to episode 57 of the Karen Kenny Show. And as you can hear, well, let me say this. If you listened last week, you can probably tell that I sound way better, <laughs> way better than I did because that was not soothing last week. I had so many people writing to me like, holy Jesus, KK, you sound sick. I hope you're getting some rest and all that stuff. So I still have a tiny bit of a stuffed nose, a little bit of a cough, but um, I, I sound more like myself and I'm feeling so much better. So just thank you so much for all of your love and support. It means so much to me. Um, this is episode 57 and the title of this sucker is Grief to Gratitude. Uh, maybe it's moving, moving from grief to gratitude or whatever, but pretty much I'm just going to call it grief to gratitude. And if you're watching this right now, instead of just listening behind me, you can see like this kind of musical studio set up because my sweetie, uh, my husband, Chris Lesta, who is a professional musician and who is completely out of work for the unforeseeable future because all musicians, like everything, even really big bands, their tours have been canceled. Um, local musicians, my, you know, I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for his show at the Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom in June. We'll see if that happens. But so he's just been, his work has just been kind of like wiped out. So we did a, he did a live concert that the hunka in the bunker show <laughs> the other night on Facebook, uh, Friday night. And we're going to do it again this Friday night at 7 PM Eastern time. So rather than break down all the, the gear and he's a multi-instrumentalist. So there's like a, a keyboard, a guitar, a bass, a mandolin, you know, there's just like stuff all around me behind me, if you can see it. So uh, that's for the show, the hunk and the bunker show. So come join us, you guys, if you want to. It'll be on his Facebook live page um, Friday. It's Chris Lesta, L-E-S-T-E-R, ah, you know, like the Q-R, you know, S, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so you guys, so here's the deal. So, you know, things have gone a little cuckoo. Things have gone a little kooky, you know, uh, the past month or so. And I've just been hearing from so many people, right? And, um, and I've just been listening. That's really, I've just been trying to really listen, really be as helpful as I can to be of service in some way. I mean, of course, I'm taking extra good care of my, my current clients, my spiritual mentoring clients. But I also have a lot of friends and people who listen to the podcast and people who send me direct messages and like stories and, you know, all, you know, whatever. So there's a lot of ways that I'm in contact with people. And I've just been hearing from a lot of people just kind of talking about, you know, what they're feeling. And some people are just like, I don't even know what I'm feeling. I'm just so completely overwhelmed. And I've, I've really been thinking a lot about this. You know, I've been hearing lots of different stories from people, um, what, what this new kind of, um, current, current, um, you know, reality, we'll call it that, you know, um, that people are dealing with right now. And, um, there's so much fear happening, you know, about people's livelihoods, you know, being, being, um, you know, decimated right now, people not being able to go to work, people who aren't able to go see their people, their families, um, some of their pets. Like I have friends who board their horses they are not allowed to go see, you know, their beloved animals. Um, people aren't able to go to yoga or get to church. And like, there's just like, you know, people are just feeling, I think, completely overwhelmed. But one of the things that I was really tapping into, and this is where today's title came from, and I was talking about this the other night on Facebook, because one of the ways that I've been guided to try and, you know, be helpful in some way is to do some Facebook lives. Like back in the day, I used to do Facebook lives like three times a week. And then as I've become busier, and then I was doing like Sunday spirituals, and now the weekly podcast, um, I wasn't doing like lives as much. But, you know, part of the divine um, assignment, as I say in A Course in Miracles, you know, 
we're, we're told that we each get an individual curriculum and I sometimes call it the divine assignment. So I haven't just been like running around, like, um, you know, just pumping out content, doing all these things. I've been really trying to be mindful to not be adding to the noise and the static and the, 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 the madness and the chatter. And so I've just been asking um, very specifically to my spiritual team for guidance. Um, those of you who are Course in Miracles students, you might call that Holy Spirit. Um, you might call it in a teacher. It's all the same thing to me, right? I just call it spiritual team because it's very user-friendly. Um, and I've been asking for some guidance and just asking them, like, how can I be helpful? So I did some Facebook Lives and I talked about this, about, you know, grief to gratitude and what that really means. And the reason why I was bringing it up, and I'm sharing it here because I realize not everybody follows me on Facebook and, and I, didn't want, um, I didn't want you guys to miss it because we talked about what, what I thought was um, some helpful things. Uh, and I always say, you know, my goal, my goal with any kind of content that I'm doing is to either be, you know, to educate, um, to elevate, to entertain or enlighten. And um, that's what I, that is always my greatest hope. And I, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know if, that, if I always hit the mark, but it is always, it is always my greatest hope. So um, what I was saying is from all these stories and all the, just all the stuff, the, the, like so much story, so much stress. And what I realize is, is what a lot of people are feeling right now is grief. And there is a very powerful journey that can happen from grief to gratitude, okay? But it's a journey and it's a process. And we don't just get to skip to the gratitude part. And some people just aren't even remotely ready for the gratitude part. So I want to just start at the beginning. So what I believe is that there's a lot of grief going on right now. There's a lot of grief that people are experiencing right now. And I think they're experiencing the death of what was. The death of what was, the death of um, how we were, the death of who we were, the death of what we were able to do. Um, there's so much right now that is changing, transforming, dying, falling away. Some of it is relationships. Like some of it is very, some of it's professional. Some of it is deeply personal. Some of it is definitely cultural. Like as a society, we're kind of all going through that. Like the collective consciousness right now is really being asked to kind of like, you know, somebody, somebody shared this really funny meme that was saying, um, it feels like right now the universe is, is sending us all to our room. Like go to your room and think about what you've done, <laughs> which just cracks me up. But I believe it. I think that there is this kind of this thing right now where the old ways are no longer working. And I'm going to talk about that next week, I think, on another uh, podcast, like the new normal. Um, and just, just how, like, what was, what was familiar to us? What was, like, our preferences, the way that we were able to do things, the freedom that we had, like, all this stuff is now kind of, like, quarantined, locked down. You don't get to just move about the world. And if you are, then you're getting yelled at because you're being selfish and stupid and, like, all these things, right? So there's a lot of grief. There's a lot of grief. And here's what I know about grief from my own personal experiences. Let me be very clear. I always say this. When I do these shows, when I share content online, you know, this is my opinion in the moment. These, the, these thoughts and things that I share are often based on my personal experience because I can't tell you what's true for you. I can say what's true for me or what my experience has been, and then I can reflect back. I can make my report, right, of like what my experience has been. No shape, way, or form am I telling you that this is how you're feeling or what you should do or what's true for you, right? I always, always want to be wicked clear about that. I'm just sharing from my POV, from my point of view, what I feel like is happening. And I feel like there's a lot of grief going on. And what I know from grief is that new grief, this kind of new world that we're finding ourselves in, this new grief triggers old grief. So if you have some stuff, even stuff you guys that you thought you had worked out, that you had worked on, that you had healed, right? And all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, this again? Like this is coming bubbling up? You know, it's not, I was saying to my sweetie the other day, I just kind of was walking through the kitchen and I just turned to him and I started laughing and he's like, what? I go, you know, I'm 51 years old and sometimes I still just want my mom. Like I still just want my mom. And I was just thinking about my mom and how comforting, how nice it would be right now to be able to call that one person who like unconditionally loved you and, and made you feel safe. And, you know, and I was just having that moment and, and, you know, my grief around my mom is obviously different It because, you know, her death and, and that was so long ago. It happened when I was 12. So 
you know, I've had some time, <laughs> I've had some time to work on some things, but I do still have kind of, I think it's that kind of like, you know, they say that like moms, like their DNA gets in you, but as a baby, your DNA gets in them. So like you are forever linked, you're forever linked. And I, and I just believe, you know, I always say like death, death holds nothing on love, you know? And so even though physically she's not here, there can still be kind of that longing for her physical presence, but her spirit is always with me. And I talk to her every day. So I do get to you know, I can quote unquote, call her up and talk to her, but you guys, you guys feel what I'm saying, right? So I just know that like new grief often triggers old grief. And so don't be surprised if you find yourself extra emotional and extra kind of feely and extra kind of feeling maybe a little bit like, you know, um, overwhelmed with your emotion and like surprised at, 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 at um, how you're feeling and also that you might ping pong around a lot, right? Like you might go from, I've got this, like I've got this to all of a sudden being in the corner, like feeling like you need a nappy and, a, and, and you just need a blanket and you just want to curl up cozy and take a nap or whatever, you know? So I think a lot of us kind of find us um, in, in a new, new circumstances, especially those of you who, um, you know, I was thinking about this, how a lot of people have out of work and that's really overwhelming, right? Financially, we're feeling it here too, you know, with my sweetie being completely out of work, like half our income is gone and I'm not like really haven't been doing like a ton of like, Hey, come work in my programs. Right. So we're definitely feeling the financial squeeze too. Um, and so, you know, we're two self-employed people. So like I get it, but some people are still working, but now they're working from home. And guess what? Their kids are there too. And that's like, holy shit, overwhelming as well, right? So we're all doing, I think, the best we can. Maybe not everybody's doing the best they can. Um, maybe some people have just given up. <laughs> but I think most of us are trying to do the best we can to navigate this new way. And, you know, there can be a lot of like fear and frustration and stuff that's coming up. And this is like, talk about a huge opportunity. You guys know how I often say that, um, you know, this being human is like uh, being in the fucking forgiveness Olympics. <laughs> Talk about building your forgiveness muscles right now. Like, holy moly. So I just wanted to acknowledge that, that I think that there's a lot of grief going on. I do think that there's a pathway and I know, I know because I've lived through it, right? That I know that you can get to the gratitude eventually, but it's a journey and I want to talk about that. So, you know, I used to do these, um, these grief and yoga workshops and I would invite, um, you know, however many people, I don't think they would normally like around 15 people or so. We would get together and we would do some yoga. We would talk about yoga philosophy. We'd also talk about grief and like where they were at, right? Because I'm a spiritual mentor. And so we would, we would talk about these things. And one of the things that I saw a lot in the grief and yoga workshops is something um, that is called anticipatory grief. And we'll talk about that in a sec. I just wanted to, to say it. So um, when I was much younger, when I first met Marianne Williamson, who some of you know who she is, some of you don't, she's a, um, a spiritual author and lecturer and thought leader. She recently, you know, ran for president. Um, but so I have a relationship with Marianne, but I met her when I first, well, I should say that the second time that I met her, um, I met with her in LA um, at um, a person named David Kessler, my old friend, David Kessler. And David Kessler, and I say friend, like, it's not like, oh, we talk on the phone and stuff like that. But David and I have known, let me say it this way, David and I have known each other for a really long time and um, of each other. And I'm really aware of his work. And David Kessler is one of our country's leading grief experts. And um, David was kind of like the protege and a mentor of and a, co and a colleague of, I would also say, of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And Elizabeth Kubler-Ross has been made famous. Most people know her for her work surrounding the five stages of grief. And many of you might know what they are, but those of you who don't, it's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. Um, but here's the thing about that, because Elizabeth Kubler-Ross gets a bad rap a lot of times, and I always am like, it's because she's misunderstood, because people on some level don't know what they're talking about. So I always like, when I have an opportunity, whenever I have an opportunity to clarify things, um, I do it. And um, so when Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, her work with the dying, her work with grief, her original work where she came up with these five stages of grief. It was not for people who lost loved ones, right? Those of us who were still behind, people we loved died, and those are the stages of grief that we were going through. 
No. Her work around the five stages of grief was based on her work that she was doing with the dying, with people who were dying. And she was talking about everything from like their diagnosis, their prognosis, what was happening, and the stages that they would often move through. And it was never linear. It was never like, okay, this is exactly how your grief experience is going to go. It was more like her work with the dying. These are some of the things. But over time, it's been kind of construed like, oh, she was putting grief in a box and these are the stages. And so many people are like, I don't agree. And it's like, well, yeah, because you misunderstood what she was saying. But David worked with her a, a lot. And he recently just came out with um, a, a new book called The Sixth Stage of Grief. And it's called The Sixth Stage is Finding Meaning. Finding Meaning. And that's really the gratitude piece. And we're going to kind of get to that in a minute. But here's what I know to be true too about, you know, this spiritual work, this grief work, because that's what's happening right now, right? In all of this chaos and all of this unknown with COVID-19 and what if, you know, somebody I love is going to die and like, da, 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 like the, the grieving of what has been, the unknown of what's to be. Um, you know, we, we oftentimes are so uncomfortable in it that we just want to skip, skip the grief pot. I keep saying, we don't get to skip the grief pot. In this spiritual work that I do, in this spiritual work that we all do, because we're all spiritual beings, we really tend to over-identify with the human part of us, this very body, like this body identification. I'm kind of smacking my chest. But what we're really at is we're spirits kind of having this experience in this very human realm that we've created, okay? But who we really are is spirit. So we're all spiritual, but we don't get to skip we don't get to spiritually bypass this uncomfy pot. We don't just get to fast forward to May 4th, right? <laughs> or whatever the governor is, like lift the ban on um, connecting with others and stuff like that in person. Uh, we don't get to skip the grief pot. There's no spiritual bypassing here. So we really have to allow ourselves to be in the grief right now. That is what's required of us is that we take some time. And I've talked about this in so many different ways, but this is the time where we really have to slow down some of us are being forced to really slow down. Like I said, for some people, their work life continues, right? But now they're working at home in different circumstances. But for a lot of people, they have no work and everything is like slowed down for them. And it's like, okay, and this is a very powerful time, you guys. This is a very powerful time. So we need to slow down. We need to get real. We really need to take a look at ourselves. This is a, in 12-step programs, they talk about taking a fearless moral inventory. I'm like, this is a really powerful time to take a look in the soul mirror and to kind of take a look at, you know, who you've been, how you've been, where you've been, what you've been. And is this something that I want to continue with moving forward? And we'll talk more about that next week. This is a time when we're really kind of facing ourselves and bumping up against ourselves and, and, and kind of feeling the effects of our choices, right? We are the cause of our own experience and our own reality. And we are now collectively kind of feeling the effect of all of this. And so one of the things that's part of it, right? This slowing down, this being present, like being incredibly present and really letting yourself feel your feelings. This isn't about sucking it up and stuffing it down. This isn't about false courage or false strength, right? This is a time for kind of reconciling and recognizing like what we've been up to and what we've been doing as a culture, a society, a world, a collective consciousness. What's our individual role here? You know, what have we been up to? And this is a really powerful time. You might've heard me talk about this. Um, I can't remember if I talked about it last week, but about like building your house on rock, building yourself, right? Your internal stabilizers, building yourself on rock instead of sand right now. Because that's what COVID-19 is. It's not even, it's, it's a sand, it's a sand thing. It's temporary. This too is going to pass. We may not know exactly when there might be kind of like this return because it's not like once they let us all out of our cages, right? When everybody gets to go back out in the streets and play that the germs are just going to be gone. It's th this right now is to just try to keep a lot of people from getting sick at once, but eventually we're all going to start to mingle together. So it's not like this might not still be happening even in the fall and stuff like that, but hopefully um, it won't be so severe and hopefully by then there'll be a vaccine and people will be a lot safer out there. So this is really a time right now to be inside, to be with ourselves. And I, I think it's so fascinating, like when they keep saying like, <clears throat> you know, you have to, <clears throat> excuse me, quarantine yourself. You have to be in your homes. And so many people are like saying like, 
oh, I'm stuck at home. I'm like, no, you are safe at home. <laughs> so be safe at home. And while you're at home, while they say stay in, when they keep saying that, stay inside. I'm like, amen. Let's take that a step further in, in, into the spiritual realm of go inside, stay inside, go into yourself, go into your own mind. This is a powerful time for like prayer, meditation, contemplation, mantra, do your rosaries, whatever your thing is. And again, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But here's the part about feeling your feelings, okay? Um, I always say like this. So, you know, I'm a wicked sensitive person. I was always a wicked sensitive kid. I'm sure that plenty of you are listening are like, yep, empath, like, yep, deep feeler. Yep, I'm sensitive too. Um, and you've probably have been this way your whole life. I think all of us are sensitive in some ways. I think some of us, you know, might come through with a little bit thicker skin, you know, um, but we all have the capacity, you know, to, to, to build our resilience. But I think a lot of us, if we were really being honest and we were allowed to feel our feelings as children. Um, you know, um, you'll discover, even those of us who weren't allowed to really feel our feelings as children, um, who were then kind of labeled and rewarded for being tough, double amen hands, I'm raising my hands because <laughs> recognize that. Um, underneath all that toughness in me was a wicked sensitive kid. So I often talk about it like this. So being vegan, like I've been vegan for 18 years. I'm vegan for a lot of different reasons, um, mostly for animal well-being, animal rights. Um, I, I just can't participate in the cruelty, the suffering, the abuse, the rape, the murder of animals. I just can't do it. And that's a whole story for another day. I'm going to do, I'll do a whole show on why I'm vegan sometime. But here's the deal is that if I just woke up in the morning and really let myself just sit and feel all the horror that is happening, not only to the animals of our world, but to the children. And let's just say it like this, the, the, the people who are considered helpless, voiceless, or more weak than others. And you can look at that like animals, children, the elderly, the sick, sometimes women. I don't think that, hear me when I say this, I, I'm just saying like physically often, not always, but often women are literally just biologically not as strong as men. That's what I'm saying. So if I were to just sit and let myself really think about what was happening. And so the other day I was like, okay, I felt this big wave of emotion coming up. And it was right before I was about to hop on um, a call that I was doing for a summit that I'm on, the Silver Lining Summit. And I had to do an interview, whatever. But right before I got on that, I just paused. Like I really sat down because that's what I always do before I speak or do something is I don't really overly prepare, but I do ask my spiritual team for insight. So I was like, first I get quiet and I sit, I just kind of feel into how I'm feeling. And in that moment, it was like this big wave of emotion came up. And I literally felt like I was like, I was talking about the other night and I just felt like, you know, the witch in the Wizard of Oz when, when the water, when Dorothy like douses her with the water and she's like, oh, I'm melting. You know, like that's how I felt. I just felt like my whole spine and my whole body was like being compressed. I just felt myself just like, I literally just relaxed into it. And I just felt my whole body start to slump. And I was like, whoa, that was a big wave of grief. And I just knew myself. I'm like, okay, you don't have time. Like, so when it first came up, when it first came up, I didn't have time to deal with it because I had to go on that show. So I was like, whoop, like put it on the shelf. And this is something that those of us who um, have to go out. So like, I could say it like this, um, people who do live event, events, people who are performers of any kind, actors, musicians, people who are artists and who go out and speak in some way, there are going to be times when maybe things aren't going great in your life, your relationship, or you just got bad news right before you're about to go on stage or something happens and you have to like, whoop, take your shit and put it on a shelf for a minute right? You, you learn to be able to still show up and do your job and quote unquote, be a professional and just momentarily, like temporarily, I have to put this over here because I have to serve and I have a contract and I gave my word and I have to show up and be in service. Okay. So I was just kind of like, whoop, not right now. And I went and I did my, my, um, you know, the, the thing I was doing, I had to record an interview and then I had to record the thing. But afterwards I came back and I said, okay, you know, you got to let yourself feel this because this is what leads to sickness. This is what leads to dis-ease, right? This is what leads to disease. If you don't 
let your body process its emotions and its feelings and to be able to do it in a safe place in a safe way. So I, I, I let myself feel it. And that's when I was having like the melting and the over, I was just like, oh my God. And now here's the thing. Um, I've been doing this work for many, many, many years. I don't say that to make myself special or cool or friggin' more spiritual, whatever, air quotes, whatever that means. I'm saying is that I have trained my mind over many, 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 many years to be able to, and I'm not always successful at this, by the way, P.S., not perfect, right? I'm able to like place my mind where I want to place it. So I don't, st I don't suck it up and stuff it down anymore. That was something that my dad taught me, right? And I don't suck it up and stuff it down anymore. I feel my feelings, but I feel them deeply. Like I just let it like, whew, like I cry every day. In fact, I, I, I made the mistake of watching a video <laughs> of dogs being wicked excited to see their owners and whether it's because they were hospitalized overseas, you know, veterans, whatever the thing is. And I, I was like, while I was sitting here, like, you know, setting up Zoom, I, I caught my eye and I started to watch it. And I was like crying. I'm like, get it together, KK. You got a, you got a podcast you got to record. <laughs> So I was a little verklempt and teary-eyed right before this. So here's the thing. I'm like, I feel my feelings, but I don't allow myself to become completely overwhelmed by them, meaning like taken out of the knees and like just like sidelined. So I feel them very deeply. And that what I say is I don't build altars to my suffering. I, I don't set a plate at the table for it. I, I don't like pitch a tent in my backyard and say, come stay. Or like, hey, use my guest room, right? I feel my feelings deeply. I let it move through me, but I don't build altars to my suffering to start worshiping at. That's not interesting to me. Um, and the thing is, is that I'm able to remember more and more and more and more and more every day now um, that, cause I've been doing it for so long, really um, is that memory muscle is strong is to that. I am a child of God that I know to whom I belong. I know where my strength comes from. It does not come from me. Right. So I rely on a strength greater than mine. So I allow myself to have my very human experience and then I get right back to the business of love. And um, it can be really, you know, overwhelming right now because I think about, you know, I think about if COVID-19 and the circumstances that have kind of evolved from this situation, you know, they're affecting not just as humans, there, it's also affecting so many animals. And I just keep thinking about all the animals right now that are suffering. And, and here's a little side note that's fascinating. And let me be very clear. I'm not judging you. If you've watched that fucking documentary, what is it? Tyga something? Tyga King, I guess it is. And so many people are posting about it. And so many people are writing like, oh my God, what a shit show. Is this for real? Like, oh my God, I just wasted three days watching all the episodes. I binged it and da 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 and I just can't bring myself to watch it. I can't bring myself to watch it because I know the reality of guys like that in situations like that, in zoos like that. Those animals, some of them who have been murdered to create more space for the cubs so he can do picture shoots, so he can make money. So I know that animals have suffered. Animals have been murdered. They're being bred just for human consumption of like content and opportunity and money. It's just gross. The whole thing is gross to me. I'm not saying that it's not a fascinating story. And again, I'm not judging anybody who watched it. I'm just saying that I'm really aware right now in this time of suffering, in this time of grief, that that's not stuff that I want to put into my mind. Because the next step of that, so part of spiritual work, right, you guys, is having discernment, right? having discernment. And so many people are like, um, you're spiritual. You're not supposed to judge. You're not supposed to judge people. I'm like, no, it's not about having judgment. What yoga and all these other spiritual traditions have taught us though, is to fucking think for ourselves and to have discernment and to be able to say that is not for me. I don't like that. I don't agree with it. I'm not going to promote it. I'm not going to support it. You can have your own, um, inner, um, your, your inner teacher, or your inner temperature, or your inner compass. And my compass does not po point to that. And what I'm saying is I knew that if I watched that show, I would also contribute to my own suffering. And here's the, here's the thing about discernment. And especially when it comes to those who are in that category of voiceless, um, um, helpless, um, uh, need protection, weaker, whatever the thing is. The step beyond that movie that nobody's really talking about is that 
that guy is in jail. That, that zoo, although it has been kept open from my understanding, from what I've read from the, the little research I've done and I've heard, is that um, the guy who's still running that, there's not really people coming in. So there's really not that much money coming in. And most of those animals are probably going to starve to death. And that is fucking horrifying to me, right? It is horrifying to me. And so you can hear my voice. Like I'm starting to get emotional just like thinking about it. And so part of my not building altars to my suffering, it's like I, I'm informed enough to know like about that story, but I'm not going to support it. I'm not going to give that guy any fucking recognition. Or, and I know I'm mentioning it. Yeah, I should say that. I'm mentioning it on my podcast. But what I mean is we got to be really smart right now. And I'm like watching that would not be helpful to me. So I am, I am, um, What's the word I'm looking for? I am using my own agency and I'm choosing what's helpful and right for me so that I don't get overwhelmed. Like that is just not a story because to my, fine, to my point of where I was going with that and I'm back, so I regress and I'm back, where I was going with that is what I understand is that so many animals right now are suffering. And not only that, you guys, when I think about, when I think about all the little kids, all the children, who went to school because school was their safe place. And it was the place where they got fed. And it was the place where somebody maybe saw them, um, their teacher perhaps, like acknowledged them and gave them some love. They got to see their friends. They got a meal. They got away from their abuses. They got away from um, terrible home conditions. I'm just thinking about all those kids, right? This is what can happen if I allow my mind to just focus on all the suffering of the world, right? And I stop building all those little altars. It's like, oh my God, all those kids right now who are just stuck in brutal situations 24 seven now, they get no reprieve by going to school. So this is, this is part of this work right now is to look beyond ourselves. Part of the grief work and why grief is one of the things that grief makes me grateful for. Part of one of those little leaps into gratitude is that being in my grief allows me to strengthen my compassion muscle and to really be more mindful and aware of other people's grief. And so here's the deal. Feel your feelings but don't get swamped in them. Don't become completely overwhelmed by them. And so I always say like this, my job is I feel them, I recognize them, and then, and we're back. And I come back to the business of love. I come back to the business of how can I be helpful? And if I can't do that, the other question I can ask myself is how can I get help? So right now, if you're finding yourself getting pulled under, like that undertow of your grief, you can reach out for help, hopefully from your friends. If you have a mentor, your feelings, um, your friends, your family, a mentor or somebody can help you. And, and one of the gifts, one of the other things, kind of just kind of dipping our toe into the gratitude piece of this, is one of the gifts of this right now is we really, 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 really get a chance to kind of know ourselves, to take a good look at ourselves, to spend some time alone in our minds. You are being invited to know thyself. And in the beginning, you might be a little like anxious, like, oh, I don't know what to do. So you Netflix your brains out. You know, a lot of people, however, you're, however you numb or distract, I could list them all. There's a thousand ways, right? Porn, food, booze, drugs, Netflix, Facebook, social media, whatever the thing is, there's a thousand ways to distract yourself, right? There, there are healthy ways and unhealthy ways to, to stay, to keep your mind occupied. <laughs> so one of the gifts right now is we're going to get to spend some time looking at ourselves. Um, and so, all right, so I want to kind of get back to the other thing, the anticipatory grief, because I think the other thing that people are feeling right now is not only are they grieving the end of what was, now they're, they're kind of in this grief place of what might be this unknown, this future thing. And I always say anticipatory grief is really for me about anxiety. It's about things we can't control, right? So there's a lot of this, this stuff of like, oh my God, what's going to happen? What if it's not May 4th? When is this going to end? And I was kind of using the um, example of, you know, if I'm doing a wicked hard workout, right? And I'm getting my ass kicked and I'm just like, oh my God. Like if you're doing like, whether it's you're running a certain, a certain number of miles, like oh, I'm running three miles or um, I know I have 10 reps left or um, this class is 45 minutes or whatever the thing is, right? Um, this semester, I know it's ending 
Now, when we have an end to things, we can usually tolerate things a lot better. When we are in the unknown and we don't know what the date is or what really is going to happen, you know, that can feel, create a lot of anxiety. And how we often f experience anticipatory grief in like our human relationships is, for an example, let's say that somebody you love has Alzheimer's or dementia or lupus or um, ALS or some MS, right? Some sort of disease where you're not only kind of um, knowing that there's going to be grief when your loved one passes, when they are gone and they die, but there's always the, there's also the anticipatory grief of watching this people, the person that you've known and loved lose their memories, lose their happiness, lose their ability to recognize, right? Lose their ability from motor function to walk, to swallow on their own, whatever the thing is, all these kinds of things. We see anticipatory grief a lot in people who are caring for loved ones who are sick or knowing that, you know, oh my God, this thing is going to happen and I don't know when and I have no control and it can just cause so much anxiety. And here's what I know right now that this anticipatory grief and anxiety and all this fear, it can be, it's just as infectious and contagious as COVID-19. You can just see it spreading like wildfire. That's why we saw the hoarding. That's why we saw all those people slip into me, 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 mine, mine, mine. Like I got to take care of mine. I got to take care of mine, right? That mentality. Um, and that is a lack of being able to be aware. You only hoard stuff when you are um, out of your right mind. And you are not thinking of other people. You are not thinking about what other people's needs might be. You're not thinking about other people's suffering. So this is a really powerful time to be able to increase our compassion muscle by first acknowledging your own suffering and then knowing since we are a collective, since we are a united beings and people, that's what all the spiritual traditions tell us is that we are one right? We are one. And um, is that, um, you know, if you have suffering, then of course your brothers and sisters also have suffering, right? Your brothers and sisters of the world, of the human and animal kind. So this is a really important time for us to increase our compassion muscle and to, um, in doing this will be part of the gratitude journey, you know, and I was talking about how, you know, in David Kessler's book, where he says the sixth stage of grief is finding meaning. That to me is ultimately what's going to come out of it. This is ultimately what the gratitude journey is. And I often say to my clients who that if we're doing forgiveness work or grief work or whatever it is, I'll say, you know, give your grief a job. We want to give your grief a job. Part of the job is eventually being able to um, kind of, you know, um, do how do I say this? Part of the job eventually is to sit down with yourself and say, I may not have liked this. I didn't understand it. It pissed me off. I'm, I'm, I, it, it crippled me for a little bit. I was horrified. I was heartbroken. But what? It was like from last week's podcast, right? Last week's podcast when I talked about moving from the why. Why? Why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? Those questions actually aren't that helpful. If we can kind of move from the why to the what, what is this teaching me? What is in this for me? What is the lesson or the blessing that is being presented to me right now? And that's kind of the work here. And this is how we also kind of eventually make that journey from grief to gratitude. Because when we get to the gratitude and we start to find some meaning, we start to find that what, what this experience held for me. You know, as Joseph Campbell says, you've heard me say it before, you know, the dark cave that you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. It's paraphrase of his work, but that's one of the things that he's saying. So right now we are in this dark cave and we're kind of freaking out. So I'm kind of like, hey, let's turn on some lights, right? Let's find the light workers, the healers, the spiritual teachers. And right now there's a lot of static and noise out there because everybody is coming online. Like everybody is trying to be helpful or make a buck or put their thing out there and everybody, it's gotten a lot noisier lately. It can be a little overwhelming. So what I'm saying to my, my closest people is, you know, there have been people all along that you've trusted. There have been spiritual leaders, spiritual teachers. There have been um, whoever it is that you've been following as a source of insight, comfort, um, advice, um, teaching you to trust your own intuition, those teachers, right? Um, 
keep following them. You don't have to go crazy and consume everybody's content. Just like you would go to the grocery store right now with a quick, with a list so you can get in and out of the store. Like I'm only going in for these five things or 10 things or whatever it is. It's the same thing. Don't go shopping right now for all this stuff. It's too much. So just stick with the people the, 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 again, the teachers, the writers, the, the, the leaders that you have followed who you trust. Um, and if you trust them, you know, maybe continue to trust them unless you get a divine assignment, a gut instinct, like, huh, I don't know about them anymore. Cause then trust that too. <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to talk about right now, what, what we really need is to increase our compassion muscle and to also find nurturing and nourishment right now. And well, of, of course, the nurturing, the nourishment, the safety and stuff that we seek right now um, is around the, like the basics, right? Roof over my head, uh, food in the, you know, in the fridge, you know, the people around me that I love, my pets, keeping people safe, like all that. Nurturing and nourishment of the basics, like food, water, shelter, of course. Um, are wicked important. But I would venture to say, and of course, some people would say, well, of course you'd say that, KK, you're a spiritual mentor. But I would say this anyways, whether we were in COVID-19 or not. But I would say in this situation now more than ever, what people need right now is spiritual sustenance. So much of the grief and the fear and the anxiety is because there is no kind of spiritual um, rock that we're built on, right? So for those of us who this is what we've been doing for a good part of our lives. That's why we're maybe spiritual teachers or healers or leaders or whatever you want to call people. Um, right now, we, we need spiritual sustenance, like now more than ever. And um, this is why I always say people say, oh, like, are you a business coach or a life coach? And I say, no, I'm a spiritual mentor. And I, the word spiritual is in there for a reason, because I know from firsthand true blue experience first-hand experience, what having a deep connection to God, to source, to love, to um, the divine, to spirit, to goddess, to Jesus, Buddha, Allah, highest self, higher power, your goodness, love. I don't care what you call it. You guys hear me say this every week. I don't care what you call it. Um, um, I, it doesn't matter to me. We all have the divine of our own understanding, the God of our own understanding. So the word doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. And this beautiful quote that I love you guys. I mean, here's what I do care about. I always say, I don't care what you call it. I do. And I, and I always say, I shouldn't have an attachment to it, but a, a part of me does care that you have some sort of awareness of it, of love, of spirit, of source, of the divine, of God right? Again, don't care what you call it, but I do kind of care that you have some sort of relationship to it. And there's a reason for that. It's because when we have a relationship to the divine, to the divine spark that exists in all of us, then it automatically allows us to access that oneness that I keep speaking about so that we are more compassionate towards other people. We are more aware of other people's suffering in, in animal suffering. We're aware of our link, that connective thread, that golden thread that runs through all of us, that divine spark, the electricity that runs between all of us, right? And so the spiritual sustenance, Rolf Waldo Emerson, of course, I'm assuming most of you have heard of Emerson. He's a famous writer, dead long time ago, but famous guy. Um, and in this concept of not being separate from God, he has a beautiful quote that I love. And in the work that I do, you know, the reason why, so I'm a spiritual mentor and I say I help people, you know, one of the things that I do is help people to, to find their own um, personal connection to the divine, to God, to source. And I don't tell them what it should be, how it should look, like meaning like I'm helpful here, but I don't say this is it, this is the one way, this is the path, the road, you have to do it my way. I don't do it that way. I help them to, you know, kind of, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, cultivate um, or curate, whatever the word is, you know, create, co-create their relationship with source. Ralph Waldo Emerson says it like this. He says, God enters by a private door into every individual. God enters by a private door into every individual. And I love that so much. And it describes so much the work that I do, helping people to swing open those doors of love, 
to help somebody open up the door in their own heart to invite the memory of God and the divine love back in. So many people are terrified right now because they are sourceless. So many people are terrified right now because they think their sustenance is just coming from food and water, which to the body it is, but to the spirit, that's what it is. It's like there's a spiritual amnesia that's happening right now. And people don't know how to navigate this. They're like, holy shit, they're just freaking out and trying to rely on their own strength. And in The Course in Miracles, it says, if you're trying to rely on your own strength, you have every reason to feel scared, anxious, and fearful, and worried. <laughs> so we have to build our house on rock, right? You know, we have to build our house on rock. And here's the thing. When we start to swing open the doors of love, because we will get to the other side of this thing, you guys, and we want to go with as much love into this new normal as we can. And this is this journey. As we start to swing open the doors of love and we start to recognize the private door that, that, God, that God enters into, into us, right? When we start to recognize that, that is how we are going to find some meaning from all of this. This is how you're going to find even more of your divine assignment, your individual curriculum, and your purpose. This is the journey of moving from grief to gratitude. And I love that. God enters by a private door into every individual. And so much of the work that I do is this work, all right, is, is recognizing the, the spiritual meaning in your own life, knowing who you really are, knowing to whom you belong. And if you start to build your life on that, there is nothing that can take you out. And there's so many tools that you can use. You know, when I, when I talk about meditation and so many people are like, oh my God, I have such a hard time sitting still. And I'm like, because that's because you're up in the choppy water of your mind. Now, have you ever been out on the ocean when the sea has been very rough or you've been watching it from the shore and you just see all the white caps and the, it's aggressive and it's agitated, right? That's like your mind. But here's what we know. If you've ever been in the water when it's been rough, down beneath in the sea, in the ocean, if you dive deep enough, it becomes still. It doesn't matter how huge the waves are up on top. It doesn't matter how choppy and agitated and white cappy it is. Underneath all that, there is a stillness and a calm and a peace like you have never known, a quietness. And that's the gift of spirit. It's from that place. And in the Course in Miracles, it says, you know, the voice for God, the memory of God, the memory of God's love, it comes to the quiet mind. And so we have all these tools that we can access. And that's part of the work that I do, you know, is, you know, it's called fearless flow. It's in, in the process I use is called, you know, your story to your glory. And it's this revising of the story that we're all in right now, because this is going to be another story that eventually we're going to tell. And we're either going to come out of this as victims, or we're going to come out of this in the knowing of who we are. In this time when we are in the cocoon, we're like these little caterpillars who have been forced into the cocoon. We're being broken down. For those of you who don't know, caterpillars go into the cocoon and then they literally turn into like primordial soup. They just kind of like break down. And then somehow magically through divine alchemy, they come out the other side as a beautiful butterfly. And so right now we're like in the soup, but this is when we're doing the work. This is when we are being broken down and asking ourselves, how do I want to reemerge from this? This is the transformation of your story to your glory. You know, the glory is, the glory in this is going to be, the meaning that you're going to find in all of this time is that your suffering wasn't for nothing. Your suffering wasn't for nothing. And your grief is just here to remind you eventually, this is, <laughs> the grief is part of your humanity. It's reminding you of that. But it's an opportunity to remember your divinity and to know that this too, this too shall pass and this too shall have purpose. And it's an opportunity to see how we're all connected. And so the one thing I keep asking myself in this time, because right now, right, like so much, like, and I've been talking to people, I'm very transparent, you guys know that, you know, and people have said like, you know, are you still working? And I said, well, I, I have some current clients, like my sweetie's completely out of work, <laughs> except for the, as you can see behind me again, the at home uh, shows, Hunka and the Bunker shows he's doing uh, once a week to just try and generate um, some creative content for himself. It's so good for him to play. It is so good for him to share his gifts with people. And the money is just like, you know, icing on the cake. It's cherry on the top. But the, the uh, ability to share his gifts and to, 
bring some light and some love and some music and some joy into people's life right now, it's just as good for him. He doesn't really, I don't think he listens to my podcast, but it's just as good for him as it is for the people who get to listen and, and to receive his gifts. Um, and so I, you know, people are like, you know, are you still working? And I'm like, well, yeah, I work from home and I have, I have a handful of clients right now that I'm trying to, you know, really serve in a deep, I mean, I always do, but extra, just being extra mindful because everybody's going through some stuff right now and be helpful. But I said, you know, it hasn't felt like amazing to just be like, you know, yeah, what's my response to this going to be? I never love to create content of any kind. I don't like to create programs or offerings or anything out of fear, scarcity, desperation. I only do it if I feel called to do it. I only do it if I feel called to do it. And if you guys have been listening to the show long enough, you know that I have that prayer. I, have, I mean, I have my own daily spiritual practice. I've been doing it for, you know, over, you know, I don't know, Jesus Christ, how old am I now? So at least 26, 27 years or whatever. Um, and it always consists of this prayer, which is adapted from A Course in Miracles, which is, you've heard me say it before, but I'll say it again. Every morning I ask my spiritual team, because I don't make decisions by myself anymore. I am smart enough to know that we don't want KK driving the bus <laughs> by herself. <laughs> so I always ask my inner teacher, I ask my spiritual team, please have me go where you would have me go. Have me do what you would have me do. Have me say what you would have me say. And to whom, please use me. And now more than ever, I've been asking them, how can I be helpful? How can I be helpful? And I just listen deeply, deeply for my instructions. And sometimes the instruction is like last week, the instruction was, you know, do, um, do a Sunday spiritual. And that felt really good. And I did that. Other days, the instructions have been, um, you, you don't need to do anything, meaning you don't need to do anything um, public right now. Like I don't have to pu push out any content or do anything. Like today is you got to rest, you know, you got to rest. And, and rest doesn't mean I'm not doing shit because I am, but it means I don't have to be like outwardly out there right now. Um, sometimes the instruction is, hey, do a Facebook Live, share something, check in on people, see how they're doing. Because, you know, there's a lot going on behind the scenes too. I'm checking up on people I love. I'm reaching out. I'm boxing with my clients. There's always something going on. But I don't just create things and put things out there unless I feel like there is a purpose to them if, if I feel guided to do it. And so I listen deeply um, for my instructions and then I try to have the courage to follow through on them. Um, and so, you know, in A Course in Miracles, we say the other ways that I can be helpful at home is to keep my mind right, like now more than ever. And so, you know, some of the tools that I use uh, on the daily is prayer. Uh, in A Course in Miracles, it says prayer is the medium of miracles. Prayer is the medium of miracles. And I believe it and I know it to be true in my own experience. Again, I'm never telling you what to think, but I am always encouraging you to think for yourself and to find out for yourself if that's true. So prayer, meditations and mantra, um, mindfulness, just coming back to the present moment. Like anytime you start to feel freaked out or afraid, you just bring your mind back to your breath, to pranayama practices, right? Breathing, you know, maybe just breathing into the countess of four, hold it. It's called the four, seven, eight breath. Breathing into the count of four, hold for seven, exhale for eight. And, um, you know, allow, I mean, there's so many, there's Nadi Shodhana, there's alternate nostril breathing. There's a thousand ways to kind of keep bringing yourself back to your mind. So sometimes if you're just feeling panic, you just pause, you look around. If you can get your mind to just pause long enough to recognize, oh my God, I'm freaking out my anxiety. I'm having, you know, like, oh my God. And I just kind of sometimes will look around and I'll say like, this is my, this is my water bottle. This is my phone. This is a book. This is a pen. What do I see in front of me? Come back into the room. Come back into this moment. Come back into your body. Come back to your breath. Come back to God's love. Come back to, right? So ways of being very present, ways of being very mindful. Like you guys, there's a, a million tools. There's meditations. And I always say, you know, you come back to your breath. You can ask somebody for help. You can do some spiritual reading. You can find some spiritual fellowship. You can ask yourself, okay, right in this moment, what can I control? I can control how many breaths I'm going to take. I can control how many steps I'm going to take. I can control what I'm going to make for snacks. I'm going to control taking my dog for a walk. What can I control? Right? There's all these tools. There's all these tools. And this is the work that I do. And this is the way that I want to be helpful. And so here's the thing. 
Um, I'm going to be making, um, I finally got instructions, right? People kept asking me, you know, um, are you still taking clients right now? Yes, of course. I have two high-end programs that are, you know, I, I always say straight up front, it's an investment. It's an inv it's a financial investment. It's a, um, investment of your time, your energy, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. I have a three month program and a 12 month program. Those are great, but here's the deal. They're an investment. And I know right now, not everybody can make that investment at this time. There are plenty of people out there, I'm sure, that could. And if they want to talk to me about that, I am happy to talk to them. <laughs> I'm like, the doors are open. The love doors are open. I am accepting new three-month and 12-month clients. But I also have been listening deeply, um, you know, and I haven't really been called to really push that right now. I don't think you guys have ever seen me sell that in like, I don't know how long, right? Uh, I haven't been marketing it or promoting it, but it does exist and I'm always open to talking. But I have been asking my team and I was like, hey, you know, how can I help people get over this hump? Like, how can we just get through this? I heard the date come through May 4th, right? May 4th. And May is a really powerful month um, for me, and I'm not going to speak for the members of my family, but I assume like May is, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens in that month. Um, you know, everything from my, my, my parents, my mother and my stepdad's um, uh, marriage, their wedding, all within two weeks. It's like a wedding anniversary, um, the anniversary of my mother's death, and then Mother's Day, my mother's birthday, my sister's birthday, my brother's birthday. Like, it's just like, boom, like it's just like slammed in May. Um, so when I was like, okay, so May 4th, okay, this is significant for me. It might not be significant for you. I'm just kind of talking out loud and sharing. So I was like, okay, May 4th. So from now until like May 4th, like how can KK be helpful? If there are people who need support, if there are people who've maybe been curious about getting some help or wanting a new perspective or wanting to feel more spiritually grounded, they want to start to build their house rock on rock, not on sand. And so I said to my spiritual team, what should I do? And for the past three weeks, it's been like, do a Facebook live, do this, do that. Um, but recently they said to me, um, how about you do a month long program? And I was like, oh, interesting. So you don't need to know the process of, you know, my, my spiritual team, it's more kind of like, I call it like people are like, is it like a voice? And I'm like, it's more like thought impressions. <laughs> That's all I can say right now. It's like word impressions. Um, and we can talk about that another time. So I'm just wanting to let you guys know. So this is, this is something that I have been called to do. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about why too. So here's what I know. Here's what I know is that this grief to gratitude process that I've been talking about, it's going to take a little time. <laughs> That's just the reality. It's not, some of us, some of us are going to make that journey very much faster. And there's a reason for that. And I'll talk about that in a sec. But for most people, they might not be feeling a ton of gratitude right now, but I know that it's possible. I know we can move from grief to gratitude. I know because I did it with my own mother's death. I've done it in so many situations in my life where I was able to deeply feel my feelings and then to kind of like go into that dark cave and look for that treasure, look for the gift and come out the other side and say, oh, what, what was this about for me? What was here for me? Because I know that I, I wouldn't be who I am today without all that suffering and grief. I just wouldn't be. It's like, it's like being put in the kiln, right? I think that's the right word. When you're put into the fire and then you can be shaped. And I often say that, like, I, I, I want to be like, like um, clay in God's hands. I want my experience here to shape me and to mold me into the truest and most authentic and loving version of myself. But it's going to take a little time. <laughs> but what I often say is this, some of us are going to go first. It's just the nature of our age, our assignment that we were given, um, the experiences that we had. Some of us are going to go first and some of us are going to jump ahead. It's just the way it's going to go. And some of us have been trained for this very time. Like I really feel like, you know, Clarissa Pinkola essays, Dr. Clarissa Pinkola essays, she has a beautiful essay called We Were Made for These Times. And I feel like I have been made for these times. I feel like that I have been training for this my whole entire life. And so I think about it like this. If you happen through just through your life's experience, your training, your skills, whatever the thing is, you get some helpful information. I, I call it like if you get on the elevator and you take the elevator to a higher floor, you don't just park that car up there. You send that elevator car back down. You send the elevator back down because there are people who are coming up behind you who need it. 
right? They need the resource. They need the information. They need the guidance. They need the support, the love, the help, whatever it is, okay? So this, is, this thing that I'm about to talk about is my way of trying to send a more affordable, <laughs> let's say it like that, elevator back down. You know, and there's a story that I always think of. One of my clients, one of my students once sent me this beautiful image, and it was an image of like the top of a wall, of a high wall, and a hand reaching down, like feet standing on the wall, and then a hand reaching down. And it was this whole parable about how there was a village, and it was surrounded by this huge wall, and they were running out of resources, and people were starting to almost die. They had, did not have the nurturing, nurturing and the nourishment that they needed. They did not have the, the things that they needed. And everybody was like, just trying to get over the wall by themselves. And nobody was tall enough. Nobody could get up there. They couldn't figure it out. And so eventually a couple of people, like somebody realized, well, if I stand on your shoulders and then he stands on my shoulders, we can get up to the top. Well, imagine if the first person who was tall enough to get to the top of the wall was just like, yeah, see you motherfuckers, I'm out of here. And he just started running, like hopped off the wall and then went and, and got some, some oranges or some, you know, whatever. <laughs> like just went and got some snacks and said, screw you guys, right? That's not how it works, man. We're getting out of this together or we're not getting out of it at all. The new normal is going to require us. And like I said, we'll talk about this next week but the new, or the week after or whatever, but the new normal is going to require us to do this together. So when you get to the top of the wall, right, you send, you lean down and you pull that next guy back up and then they do the same thing. You climb up onto somebody else's shoulders, you stand on the shoulders of giants and then you pull the next one up and that's how we go. And that's how I think about this work that I do. We are pulling each other up, whoever went first. And again, you might, it's not about you went first, so you're special. That's ego talk. It's not that. For whatever your life circumstances are, you required a skill set that allowed you to help the other people, whether it's by age, circumstance, whatever the thing is. So I have a lot of tools that I've gained over, over the years. And so this is kind of my version of kind of standing on the wall and uh, leaning back down and being able to do it. And like I said, I'm happy to talk to anybody who wants more information about my three-month program or my 12-month program. But this little sucker, I'm just going to call it, I don't know, like, you know, I'm always saying to people, you got to put some more tools in your toolkit. You need some more spiritual tools in your toolkit. And you heard me talk about a few of them, right? Prayer, meditation, mantra, like whatever it is. And so I was like, okay, so how can I be helpful? How can I be helpful right now for maybe the people who just want to get over this hump, <laughs> a little month long program that I can do. So I'm going to do it. Um, it's called the spiritual toolkit or toolbox or something. I don't know. It's going to be something like that spiritual toolkit. It's going to start Monday, April 6th. It's going to go to May 4th. I'm going to keep it really small and intimate. I'm going to talk like, like 10 people, like around 10 people, just keep it really small. You know, and if you're somebody who's been wanting if you were like wanting to come to my retreat that got canceled <laughs> and you're like, but I want to see what it's like to, you know, before I make a big investment in the bigger programs, I just want to know what it's like, you know, to, um, to, to, to work with you, KK. This is like a perfect, perfect, perfect time. Um, just meaning like, you know, um, a perfect chance, I would say, to, to get a feel for what it's like to do the deeper, the deeper work too, right? So what it's going to kind of look like is it's going to be a month long, April 6th to May 4th, 10 people-ish. It's going to be like four group calls. We'll do it on Zoom. Um, you know, there'll be four modules, you know, it'll be like a video and a PDF. So just, not, I don't want to overwhelm you either with too much. You know, it's like just enough, like some group calls. There'll be a private Facebook group, a couple of modules, like four modules, I'll probably pop in, do a few surprise Facebook lives. How you doing? <laughs> you know, so we'll get to talk. I'm not doing any individual one-to-one -one calls because I'm already, it's already like a lot going on with my, my clients who I'm currently working with and stuff like that. But I'm like, what can I do that is just a nice, simple, but helpful, right? Um, offering right now. Um, there'll be some resources and stuff like that. So if this, if, look, if you're listening to this, if you hear the sound of my voice, you'll know, you'll know if this is for you. I don't need to convince you or whatever. Uh, I'm gonna, the price is going to be like $397, $397. And if you're interested, you just reach out to me. Send me an email, Karen at Karen Kenny, K-E-N-N-E-Y.com. You can um, send me a DM on Instagram or, you know, tag me, whatever. Send me an email. You can go to my website. There's a contact form on there, karenkenny.com. 
Look, there's a thousand ways. Carry a pigeon. No, don't use pigeons. But there's a thousand ways to get in touch with me right now if this interests you. Because I really want to help people to navigate this time. Because I think if we can just hang in there, and who knows, May 4th, the date might get changed again, and maybe I'll do it for another month. I don't know. But right now, that's the window that I have received my instructions. And who knows? I always say, like, I have no attachment to this. I, I received my instructions. I'm following through. I'm doing my part. Um, and hopefully, I can be helpful to some people. And you guys, and I hope the podcast remains um, you know, um, a good resource for you. Um, I do it. I do it because I wanted to, Hey, I love connecting with you guys. I love telling stories. I love spirituality. I love being of service. I love being helpful. And it's one of the ways that I can offer free content. So I hope something that I shared today landed in your heart from my heart to your heart. I hope you're hanging in there. I just hope, you know, I've been thinking of you. I've been blasting you all with love. I've been keeping you in my prayers. I'm keeping myself in my prayers too, because God knows, woo, we all need a little help right now. I'm keeping my mind right. My spirits are high. I'm feeling really good and grounded. And, you know, and there are moments when my mind starts to take a detour into fear and I've been doing this long enough that I can pull myself back. I know when to ask for help when I need it. And all of these things, like this is what I'm saying. This has been a lifetime of kind of cultivating, <laughs> you know, spiritual practices. And in some way, maybe um, if it calls to you, maybe we'll have this opportunity to have some fun together and to work together and to get some tools that will help you to navigate, not just this difficult time. This isn't going to be the end, you guys. There's always going to be things in our life that are going to come up and we're going to wish like, shit, I wish I had some resources. I wish I had some spiritual tools and some strength that I could rely on. I wish I knew, right? I, I want to have access to that private door where God enters into my heart. So Wherever you are, you guys, know that you are not alone. You are not going through this alone, um, that, that I am with you, that I feel you, that, that I, I hear you. You're reaching out to me, and I'm listening, and I'm listening. And I, and I hope this resonates with you in some way. Uh, know that you are loved. Know that I love you. And as always, and as always, no matter how difficult things might be for us right now, remember who you are. Remember to who you belong. So when you're interacting with others, Remember that you are an ambassador of love, that you have an opportunity to be an instrument of peace and you get to be the light of the world that you are. You get to be the love that you are. So wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time friendship and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>